This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Here's what's going on today's sports stove. We're talking NFL conference championships. That's right. We're going to give you our picks for who's going to the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about some coaching changes, uh, Rodgers and the Packers and what's next, Sean Payton and Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame decision. All that and more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Stover, joined as I am usually on, on these weekend editions by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Glad to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Well, yeah, mom said I had to, so no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Today's episode is sponsored by Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live starting February 20th, every Sunday at 8 p.m. live. Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live will come on the airways. You can find it on Belly Up Fantasy Facebook and Twitter, as well as on Tiki Live's Belly Up TV station. And uh, Kevin Wilson and myself will join you every week to talk about uh, what is going on in fantasy baseball world. We're going to start off with player rankings throughout February and March, and then we'll get up to a live draft. And then hopefully into the season, we'll talk about that more later in the show. I want to give everybody a heads up. Uh, we are pre-recording this episode due to time constraints this week, so there's a good chance that breaking news will happen sometime between us recording this and the show going live, and so we apologize for any breaking news that we don't talk about tonight, but we still have plenty of things to talk about as well, and uh, Dad, we're going to start with the NFL. Let's start with the Packers stuff. Um disappointing uh, game on Saturday evening. Packers lose to the 49ers. The offense only scores 10. The defense only allows six, yet the Packers lose uh, 13 to 10 on a last-second field goal. And, Dad, I don't know if you remember this or not. We talked about the idea of a last-second field goal ending the game, and I said I would take Robbie Gould over Mason Crosby in that situation. Robbie Gould uh, puts the dagger in our hopes for this year. Um, were you surprised about how the game went on Saturday with Packers and 49ers? Oh yeah, I was. I was very surprised from there. One, I was surprised the defense showed up like they did. That they played great. Um, you know, the offense just wasn't able to keep up. But we we've known all year special teams was a problem. And back in my mind, I thought you know somewhere in the playoffs that that could really catch up with us. And um, it really did here. I mean, that was really the whole game. I mean, they never scored a touchdown and, um, you know, we're going to. And we had the field goal blocked earlier. If that, if we'd made that field goal, the game would have been different um, from there. So special teams is really what cost us. Now, the offense could have uh, played better. Um, and, you know, they had an opportunity um you know, to get in there. But, um, no, I mean, you know, the crowd was really into it. It looked like everything was going to be where we wanted it to be. I think the weather affected San Francisco. I think they were having trouble with that with some things. I saw some drops. It seemed like it would be um, weather-related. Um, and even when it come down close at the end, you know, it looked like, well, we should have a chance. But then when they got the ball and started to get anywhere near field goal position, I knew, you know, they were going to run it down and Gould, Gould would hit it. So, um, that was the way, that was the way it, you know, it, it ended. It surprised everybody in Green Bay. I've listened to some of the comments, listened to some of the interviews today. And, um, you know, everybody's a little bit in shock because they just didn't think it would end um, this week for sure. And mm-hmm. um, but, but it did. They've still got, 
you know, it'd be interesting to see where things go because there's a lot of questions with Rodgers and Devontae Adams and that. But when you look at the Packers' talent and their youth um, and you look at how well they've done the last three years, but they haven't gotten to the Super Bowl, and that's what everybody wants and definitely what Green Bay wants. Yeah, we'll get back to the future in just a second. In that game, the way I look at it is the special teams lost the game for Green Bay, but the offense didn't win it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had the ball four minutes tied 10-10, and we didn't get any more points on the board. Um, and I think the weather affected Green Bay as much as it affected San Francisco. I mean, I don't know what, what other excuse we can come up with um, that makes any sense. It's, it's, it's amazing how – I mean, they moved the ball to some degree. They had – okay yardage and stuff like that they just couldn't get in the end zone couldn't score points and someone i i heard said that had had um anybody just recovered that that blocked punt uh and not scored the touchdown that they they think san francisco only would have had a field goal uh and not the touchdown right because the defense was playing so well so had they recovered it at the six yard line and not scored the touchdown on the punt block the defense could have held San Francisco possibly to just a field goal, although I think San Francisco would have went for it on fourth down. And and you know, maybe no score at all. And maybe Green Bay still ends up winning ten to six or ten to three, I guess. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, the defense was playing so well, but the offense was not playing well, and the special teams was absolutely horrendous. As of this recording, they haven't fired the special teams coach yet, but we assume they will at some point in time as well. All right, so talking about the Packers now, we do look to the future, Dad, and the big question mark is Aaron Rodgers. What's he going to do? Is he going to retire? Is he going to stay? Is he going to go somewhere else? All those sorts of things are are up in the air. Obviously, the Packers have made it known. Uh, Matt LaFleur made it known. Everybody wants him back. Uh, There are some major financial issues, though, in Green Bay right now as far as being able to re-sign guys, the guys that Rodgers wants back. How is that going to work out? Can they work it out? What's going to happen with all that kind of stuff as well? Rogers said he would let everybody know um, basically the latest would be early March uh, when the tag deadline is due. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I went back and forth on a couple of these thoughts. So let me start with you, Dad. What do you think ultimately will happen with Aaron Rodgers? Well, I think, um, again, you know, I, I've listened to a lot of stuff, too, and seen things, and, and you know, people have talked what him the communication has been better. He has been more positive. I think the good thing is this isn't going to drag out. I think Devontae Adams is a key piece in this. Um, I, I think Rodgers, there's a good chance he will come. I, I would think he will play again. I don't see him retiring. He's talked about that. He'd be at peace with it, but he said, you know, he doesn't want to retire and then boy, wish he'd been playing. And I think that's where, where he is now. Now, again, I think if he does play for Green Bay next year and they could win the Super Bowl, then I think, you know, he's heading toward retirement, um, you know, at this point, but I don't know that he will this year. I was thinking about it today. I think the most um, crucial guy in all of this in the next month and maybe the next two weeks is Russ Ball. I think he's the guy that has to find a way to make this work cap-wise financially. I think they they want him to stay. I think he wants to stay. I think Adams um, wants to stay, especially if Rodgers does. Um, you know, I, I've heard Lafleur say, you know, they've obviously been talking about this for a while. Um, you know, there is ways to make it work. Now, everyone would have to go along with it, but I think that's the key. And I'm sure they have been working on it for a while. But um, in the next really few weeks, um, they need to. They're, they're going to have to decide. They're going to lose some people, no doubt about it. But uh, some of the key people, um, they can't. And as far as keeping Rodgers, because he said he's going to not drag it out, part of it because of Devontae Adams. And, um, you know, again, if you just look at history, you don't want to lose a guy like Devontae, um, Devontae Adams. Um, I don't think they all. will, Dan. I mean, I think they'll, at, the, at the very least they'll tag Adams. I don't think Adams is going anywhere this next year. Um, I would be shocked if they did, because even if Rodgers retires or goes somewhere else, you want Devontae Adams on your team. Now, if you're talking about a rebuild, then maybe you do. You you sign and trade, you tag them and try to trade them so you get some pieces back and things like that for the rebuild. 
But I don't think there's any way they're letting Devontae Adams just walk away uh, in this situation. And to clarify, Russ Ball is the front office worker that does all the contracts for Green Bay. Um, and uh, he's supposed to be the, the magical numbers guy that can make things happen. So uh, if anybody was wondering who Russ Ball was, that's who he is there. Dad, would you be okay? How Or how would you feel if the Packers decided we're going to rebuild, retool, whatever, and we're going to do it without Aaron Rodgers, meaning that they choose to move Aaron Rodgers somewhere else? How would you feel about that? Um, I think it'd be a big mistake, and I would be very surprised if they did that. I don't think they're in a spot where a rebuild makes a lot of sense. Um, I think they have talent. The, the issue really comes up with quarterback. I don't know that Jordan Love is you know ready to play now. I don't know that he will, like you said, will ever be the starting quarterback there. He may be. Another year would go a long ways in his um you know, preparation for sure. Um, just some of the comments I heard today from Coach LaFleur. But, um, I, you know, I, to, to go on without, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers decides to leave, then that's, you know, then, then they will have to do what they have to do. But as far as the idea of getting into a rebuild with where they're at talent-wise, the way they've played. Now, again, there can be a lot of changes. There can be coaching changes here. Um, and, and they may shake things up. But um, it seems like in many ways the organization is is solid. Um, but again, you know, it's all going to start with what what does Aaron Rodgers do? I, I think he's very it seems to me like he's very open um, to staying. And I think he's their, their communication has been good. I'm sure they've talked by now and, um, you know, they know very clearly what, you know, what he wants and what he thinks. And I think he'll know exactly what they're thinking. Um, like I said, the issue will be, you know, with Russ Ball and just, you know, how can they make things work? And then is that going to be um, okay with everybody there? So on Monday's episode, I gave this little speech about looking pat to the past, looking back and being grateful for the 30 years with Favre and Rodgers and success that came along with it. Throughout this week, I've been thinking and trying to figure out my feelings on this whole situation. And I got to admit, I'm kind of at the point now where I, I'm okay if they move on. Um, we talk about a rebuild and, and, you know, when you think about the Packers, you think rebuild is not something we want to do, right? We don't want to go back to Don Mikowski. We don't want to go back, uh, uh, to Lynn Dickey. We don't want to go back to those kinds of things. But that being said, the best way to rebuild in Green Bay is to trade Aaron Rodgers. Um, the draft picks that you're going to get, pos- the possible starting talent that you're going to get in return. And along with that's Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams is a piece they need to keep on the team. But if, you, if you're if you moving Rodgers and Adams, the, the haul that you're going to get back is going to speed up that rebuild drastically. Uh, but it all comes down to the belief in, Jer- in, in Jordan Love. If they have the belief that Jordan Love can be the guy, maybe not next year. The best chance to win next year is Aaron Rodgers. No doubt about that. But the best chance to win in two or three years might be Jordan Love. Or it might be another quarterback. I don't know. It depends on how they're feeling on him. But if you move Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams, or even just Aaron Rodgers, the pieces you're going to get back are going to be pieces that help your your rebuild go very very quickly. At least I think so. And as much as I like having Aaron Rodgers on my team, I'm okay with kind of moving on from that drama <laughs> and moving on to something a little bit more simple. Although that could mean losing. But Dad, look at the division. Now is the time to rebuild if you're going to do it. Justin Fields is young, uh, and and they're going to have a new coach. Minnesota is going to have a new coach, and who knows what they'll look like next year. Detroit's Detroit. So, I mean, now's the time if you're going to do it at all. But, again, if you want to win next year and you want a legit shot at the Super Bowl next year, Aaron Rodgers has to be the quarterback to do that, correct? Yes. Yeah, and you are right about the um, the division. It's funny, as I've thought about this, and, and it, it's not – 
you know, necessarily a great example, but, you know, we lived in Tennessee for a long time and I was never a Titans fan, but I remember when the Titans got in a, a real tight spot financially and cap wise and just said, well, they just had to make a move and they got rid of Derek Mason. And I don't think they were ever the same. I don't think they ever recovered from that. Um, you know, talent wise, I don't, I don't like everything necessarily about Derek Mason, but as a player, to me, the Titans really, you talk, you know, then, yeah, they did have to start over and, um, you know, letting a player like that go. And that's what kind of how I would feel about, um, you know, Devontae Adams. Rodgers, you know, I, again, if, if you can keep him for another year or so, um, then, you know, and, and I think we'll have a legitimate shot um, at the Super Bowl again. And then I think you've got a shot for, you know, you can get to where, the spot where, hey, Jordan Love is going to be the guy in the future. Let's do what we can to get him ready. And that you can't do that right now because it's the situation just doesn't, you know, provide itself in a lot of ways. So um, I think the best thing is to keep Rogers. I think there's a good chance that they will, and definitely to keep Devontae Adams. To let a player like that go, um, that would. You know, that'd be tough. You're not going to – we've had good receivers and we've got other good receivers and, you know, we can get receivers. But this guy was special. We drafted him. And uh, he seems like he likes it in Green Bay and is is helpful with teammates and a lot of a lot of things with leadership. And there's a lot to be said with that. I know LaFleur said a lot about it, the way the locker room is now. You know, that's what they've got to find a way to continue and duplicate next year. Yeah, I would not be upset if they keep Aaron Rodgers or if Rodgers returns. Obviously, I I would not be upset about that. I just I kind of look at it the same way I did back when Favre's t- tenure ended. There's there was enough drama with Favre there at the end that I was like, you know what, I'm ready to move on. And at that time, I did not think Aaron Rodgers was going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers was. And I really feel like anyone who says they did is lying. But that being said, you, I know you were more optimistic about Rodgers than I was. And, uh, but when, when that time came, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm fine. I'm ready to move on. And I'm kind of at that place with Rogers now, um, where again, I won't be upset if he stays. I think it'll be best for the team next year, but for the long term, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of ready for that, that next step, uh, for the Packers to see kind of what it's going to look like and where it's going to go. And with the cap situation they're in, if Rogers is gone, and again, I think I think Adams is married to Rogers at this point. Uh, now he can't do anything if they tag him; they tag him. But uh, I don't think Adams is going to ever sign a long-term deal in Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers isn't isn't in the future. And uh, so, for that reason, I could see them moving on from both of those guys and getting some great stuff in return. And uh, and you know, maybe looking at at that rebuild taking only two three years versus you know five ten years. Um, but it, all of it, all of it falls on quarterback one way or the other, right? It's either Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback or Jordan Love has to be good. And we don't know that Jordan Love is good at this, at this point, right? Well, I mean, what's your confidence level in Jordan Love? Um, no, I, I don't have a high confidence level at all. I think, you know, they're obviously they drafted him, but, you know, with potential and there may be, but at this point, you know, I, and, and just what I, what I've heard, um, you know, he's not sold everybody on the fact that, that he's got the system down. He's have some ability or whatever. But when you, when you talk back about Favre, I don't think there's any comparison. When Favre left, the confidence in Aaron Rodgers is totally different than if Aaron Rodgers left now and the confidence in Jordan Love. Um, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. From who? From, from the, the team or from the fan base? I mean, I, to, to me, as you looked at Aaron Rodgers, you knew there was potential. Just the fact that, that they were having to do something with Favre, they did not want to lose Aaron Rodgers. And everybody, I mean, I remember back then, the deal is, you know, he, there's not going to be any problem with him going to another team. There were people wanting him. That's not the case with Jordan Love. Um, now, you didn't maybe didn't know Rodgers was going to be as good as he's turned out to be, but the idea that he could be the starting quarterback, uh, there wasn't a lot of doubt back then about that. Um, it would have been a real surprise if he hadn't have panned out. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I know the team was sold on him. There's no doubt about that. They saw him in practice and everything like that. I feel like the fan base, generally speaking, 
was very skeptical of Aaron Rodgers because of his injury history in Green Bay. Every time he got in a game, he got hurt. It seemed like broke his foot and things like that. I don't feel like there was a ton. Now, I was younger, much younger back then. And so maybe I just didn't see or read as much as, as you did. My perception is, generally speaking, Packer fans, they were hopeful. But I don't know that everybody was super uh, positive either that he was going to be the guy, the guy moving forward. But that's well, the way I remember it. And Favre was a great personality. So from a fan standpoint, I mean, you didn't want to lose um, Brett Favre, even though you knew he was about to the end of his career. And even when his last season in Green Bay, they probably should have won that game with the Giants. And he had a little bit to do with it from there. But he had, you know, such a personality, um, such a guy that, that I mean, he could win games by himself and he did it many, many times when there wasn't a chance at all, he could throw the ball in there. So you didn't want to lose that, even though you knew there wasn't going to be any more than one more year. And the issue was, is that worth losing Aaron Rodgers for? Cause he was not going to be around another year. And um, that seemed you, like where that went. You remember Aaron Rodgers got booed on family night. <laughs> so I don't think the fan base was as optimistic as you were uh, as a whole when it came to Aaron Rodgers, but he obviously panned out. And that's kind of where I'm at with Jordan Love right now. I was like, okay, the front office has done pretty well at drafting. The coaching staff seems to be good. I'd like to think that, that with all the focus on Jordan Love, he could put together a, a, an okay season next year and then make that leap the, the following year after that is kind of the way I look at it. Who knows? And maybe people are tired of us talking about the Packers, so we'll move on. Uh, Sean Payton announced this week that he is stepping down away from uh, the Saints and coaching for the time being. Everything that he says says this year he will not coach. Uh, my guess is we'll see him on TV this year uh, and then get back into coaching. I think there's probably a job or two that he looks at and says, I'll take that job if it's there. Um, you know, Dallas seems to be the one everybody talks about. I don't know that he wants to go to Dallas or not, but I think it'll all come down to rosters for Sean Payton as far as where he would go next as well. So, uh, Sean Payton steps down. I was surprised by this, Dad. I know some people kind of expected it. Um, your thoughts on Sean Payton stepping away from the Saints? I mean, I was surprised just because of the timing of it. I mean, it looked like, you know, you hadn't heard anything um, about that. Again, you know, that's kind of interesting when you talk about the thing about a rebuild, because obviously it was going to take a little while for the Saints to get back. He's got a great running back, uh, no doubt about that. But, um, you know, he didn't have a quarterback, and he's been at it a long time. To me, he's one of the better coaches in the NFL. If I was an owner and looking for a coach, he's definitely a guy I would look at because I think he's been very successful and seems to be, you know, um, a good person. And, um, like I said, he, he, you know, he, the way he transformed, um, the Saints again. I mean, I, I go back long enough to remember when people were wearing bags on their head in New Orleans, and uh, he sure brought it a long ways from there. Yeah, definitely a great coach, but he was also paired with a great quarterback. Yes. And John Payton and Drew Brees, and all their success in New Orleans, only won one Super Bowl, uh, just as Aaron Rodgers has as well. But you don't hear as much about that, do you, as you do uh, from the Green Bay folks? But, anyways, Sean Payton. Now uh, out there and available, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm sure he'll be on TV uh, at least for a year and then. But maybe he falls into the Tony Dungy section where he gets into TV and he really likes it. And Tony Dungy's like, you know what? This job's pretty easy. I think I'm going to stick around right here. Maybe we don't see Sean Payton on the sidelines again. Uh, that is yet to be seen. As of this recording, no new co head coaches have been hired. Although I have said uh, adamantly on Twitter that Brian Dayball will be the next New York Giants head coach. Um, and I think when they hired the Buffalo Bills assistant uh, GM, that kind of lined that up to, to be finalized. But uh, that could be announced before our show airs, but it has not been done yet. And then I've also said uh, I feel pretty confident in saying that Brian Leftwich, Byron Leftwich will be the next Jacksonville Jaguars head coach as well. Um, but all the other ones doing interviews, finalizing things, we should start getting breaking news here this week uh, before the weekend hits would be my guess. All uh, right, Dad, let's move on to the games this weekend. Uh, AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game. 
we're not going to be as interested in it as we were, as we thought we would be coming into this this weekend. But nonetheless, here we sit. Uh, let's start off with the AFC game, Dad. Kansas City and Cincinnati. Cincinnati won their first ever road playoff game last week in the history of the franchise. That's <laughs> incredible. I can't believe that. Uh, yet here they sit. They're in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites at home. Dad, your thoughts on this game? Well, I think the Chiefs ought to win. Um, again, it's interesting when I look at both of these games, all four teams, usually when we get to this point, um, there's at least one or two teams that I don't want to be in the Super Bowl. Just you, you don't want to see them in there. And, and it's not the case this year. I don't know that any of these four teams uh, being in the Super Bowl will really bother me from there. I think I could enjoy um, watching, you know, as much as I can without the Packers being there. But as far as, I mean, Cincinnati, of course, people around here, you know, I'm here in Ohio, um, in southwest Ohio, so people are very excited. Like I said, I've seen Bengal fans that I didn't know there were that many around here this week. But um, I think the Bengals have had a great year, and I think they're in a spot where they'll continue to be excited about the future. But I would think their experience, I would think Kansas, not Kansas City has done some surprising things this year, but I would think Kansas City should be the team that wins this one. They should be. They, um, you know, they're, they're experienced. Super Bowl champions on that on that roster, Super Bowl coach as well. Uh, you look just a couple weeks ago and the Bengals win 34-31 January the 2nd in Cincinnati. Uh, so you know that they can win, that they have the ability to win. Uh, in that game, Patrick Mahomes threw for two touchdowns. Uh, then on the other side, Joe Burrow, he threw for four touchdowns. 446 yards and four touchdowns to be exact. Uh, that's what he's going to have to do to beat Kansas City again. He's going to have to throw for a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns. Joe Mixon's going to have to be effective as well. Uh, I'm sticking with my pick of Kansas City, Dad, but I got to tell you, I don't know that I would enjoy anything more than seeing Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. I think uh, that team's a fun team. Joe Burrow is a fun quarterback to cheer and to watch and uh, what he does. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk this week about the crowd noise in Kansas City and and, uh, you know, these guys coming out and saying, oh, Joe Burrow, he said that he, there's there's no NFL stadium louder than the SEC, and he's going to learn something at Kansas City. You know, I think Joe Burrow is going to be just fine. I'm not worried about Joe Burrow. I'm worried about him staying healthy. Uh, he got sacked nine times uh, last weekend and was still able to win the game. But I want to see Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. I expect to see Kansas City in the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs, they man, they they just they get behind. And then they come back and they win. And Cincinnati is a team that can keep scoring if they keep the gas pedal down. And uh, they could be in, in a lot of trouble if they get behind, Dad. But I'm going with Kansas City ultimately in this game. Yes, I think that's the case. Again, Kansas City's had plenty of time to, uh, again, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, it would be Joe Burrow. To me, it's really Jamar Chase, though. I mean, he's the guy that's explosive. He's the guy that's always making the big catch. Um, and they, they have the potential to make the, you know, have the big home run just about any time. And, um, and he's the guy that, that can break it open. Uh, but Kansas City should know that. And again, you, with Patrick Mahomes and, um, you know, the coaching there, you know, you, you would think Kansas City would be okay. Now, again, you know, the home field advantage again, Burrow, it's a good thing about him being a young guy. I don't think he gets as caught up in all that as, you know, sometimes people would. Like he says, hey, I was in the, in the SEC, you know, he'll go in there and be ready to throw, but he did get sacked a lot. A lot of pressure on him this last week, and and you can only you know take so much of that. Yeah, but they still made the right decision by drafting Chase over Penay Sewell. Yep. <laughs> um, no matter how many times he gets sacked, I don't want to hear anything different on that as well. Uh, cheering for Trey Smith, Dad. Uh, he's a starting offensive lineman for Kansas City, sixth round draft pick this year out of the University of Tennessee. Uh, was one of the the, uh, the best recruits ever got in by Tennessee. Uh, then ended up having blood clot issues and and uh, uh, kind of a rough college uh, career because of that. But he started since day one at Kansas City, and he's been really good. So cheering for Trey Smith 
on the Kansas City side. And Andy Reid, we love Andy Reid. Um, and then uh, cheering for Joe Burrow and the, the Bengals, though, at the same time as well. Uh, should Hopefully it's a fun game. Hopefully it's entertaining because this last weekend's games, Dad, three of them were won at the last second field goals. The other one was won in overtime with a touchdown. That's a, a, what an incredible week of football uh, we had. Let's talk about L.A. and San Francisco. You said you'd be fine with any of these teams going in. I do not want to see Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. I, that To me, there's nothing entertaining about that. I don't want anything to do with that. Uh, so I am cheering for, I am picking, I am hoping beyond hope the Rams make it to the Super Bowl. Um, but let me get your thoughts on, on this game as well. Well, I mean, again, I think the Rams um, should, but boy, San Francisco's been hot. They've played well. Um, you know, both these coaches are very good, and both these coaches know each other. So that'll be, um, you know, that'll be very interesting from there. Yeah, I can't imagine Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. That just doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> but they've, they've moved where they're at. You know, they've gotten here. And um, so, you know, the, the Rams, again, um, you know, they're playing real well now, so they should be good. But, again, just like Kansas City, they've had some problems, you know, during the season. Um, they're also – so, I again, they don't want to – they don't want this thing to stay close again with, you know, San Francisco, you know what they're going to do. They're going to throw it to Kittle and they're going to run the ball. And, and, but, you know, can you stop them? And then the other deal will be who makes the, probably in this game, it'll be who makes the big play on defense as um, mm-hmm. far as turnovers are concerned and um, even scores from the defense. That'll be important, I think, for um, either team. Yeah, back on November the 15th, 49ers at home beat the Rams 31-10. to Then in the final week of the regular season, January the 9th, the 49ers won an overtime in L.A. 27-24 uh, in that game. And, uh, you know, they're playing for the third time this season. They're division rivals. They know each other well. They, uh, they, they've got plenty of video to watch on each other and all those sorts of things. Both coaches are top-tier coaches in the league right now. Uh, last year, Tampa Bay became the first team to ever host and win a Super Bowl at their home home stadium. Now the Rams have an opportunity to do the same this year uh, if they can get there. Uh, I'm picking L.A. because I think they're the more talented team. The way their defense played uh, looked, uh, I think, impressive. They've got like, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, among other people. Uh, I just feel like they have enough talent to, to overtake San Francisco, and I think the offense will score points. I would be shocked if they only scored 10 points like Green Bay did. I think the Rams will be able to put up some points and ultimately get the better hand. But I admit, this is a game that I just, I really don't want San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think it'll be an entertaining Super Bowl if San Francisco's there. And uh, I don't want to watch them. And so I'm going with Los Angeles in this one. Uh, Sitting currently, uh, as of this recording, let's see if I can find it again. Uh, the Rams are a three and a half point favorite in this game. Um, and, uh, I'm going to lean, lean that way with Los Angeles. I think a Los Angeles Cincinnati Super Bowl would be fun. Uh, but I think, uh, Kansas city, Los Angeles would be fine too. I, uh, Cincinnati, San Francisco would be intriguing because it's one of the first Super Bowls I ever remember watching is San Francisco and Cincinnati, uh, back in the olden days, the Joe Montana, Boomer Esiason days. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, at the end of the day, Packers aren't in, so what do I care? But um, if I'm going to watch the Super Bowl, I don't want to watch San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo. Debo Samuel, by the way, phenomenal athlete, fun player to watch. I'll give him that uh, as well. But I don't know. All right, Dad. So Super Bowl picks, I'm saying, uh, what did I say? Kansas City and Los Angeles. Uh, where are you going? No, I'd agree with that, Kansas City and Los Angeles. I think that, but again, you know, both could be interesting games. And again, you know, I, it'd be interesting with San Francisco because, again, you've got Samuel, you've got some things. Talking about old Tennessee guys, too, I guess I didn't pay enough attention this year, but all of a sudden, um, what, Juwan Jennings. Um, yeah. And, and I thought, wow, I, I remember him. So, and yeah. he's, he's he's played well, so. He's had a good year for San Francisco, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's played real well uh, there as well. All right, 
that's the NFL coming down to the end. Uh, the Pro Bowl coming up soon. Not that we care, but it, it's it's coming up. It's coming up soon as well. The USFL is right around the corner as well. Uh, from there, Dad, we're going to talk baseball, but first we're going to take a quick break and uh, hear some information about the Sports Podcast Awards uh, that we've been nominated for. So when we come back, we're going to cover Major League Baseball and the Hall of Fame ordeal. Back in one second. What's going on, Belly Up Sports fans? Thanks for tuning in to the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. We have some really exciting news for several Belly Up Podcast Network shows. The Sports Stove Podcast, the Rough Cut Sportscast, and here in Puckburg have all been nominated for a Sports Podcast Award. So head on over to sportspodcastawards.com and make sure to vote for the Sports Stove Podcast for Best College Sports Podcast and Best News and Current Affairs Podcast. Vote for the Rough Cut Sportscast for Best American Football Podcast, and vote for Here in Puckburg for Best Winter Sports Podcast. Again, that website is sportspodcastawards.com. Thanks for being the best part of Belly Up Sports. We are what they aren't. All right, so there's the information for the Sports Podcast Awards. And again, Dad, we've been nominated our episode, uh, the Friday episode, and also the Monday episode has been nominated for the best uh, news and current affairs podcast. And uh, you can go to Sports Podcast Awards, find us in that category, and vote for us. And then the local hour, which airs on Wednesday mornings, is nominated for the best college sports podcast and would love for your support there as well. The fan vote is only a small portion percentage of the final decision, but uh, it is an important important percentage. So please help us out. Go and vote uh, for us there in the Sports Podcast Awards. All right, Dad, let's talk baseball. Uh, it's starting to look like we might have baseball this year. There's been a couple meetings now. The last couple have gone good amount of distance. There's still things they disagree on, which we expected. Um, but I feel very optimistic that things are, are starting to move now. And uh, we might even get opening day at its normal time. It might get pushed back a couple weeks as well. But I don't think we're going to miss a lot of baseball this year. And if I had told you, hey, baseball season will start in the month of April, uh, would that surprise you? And we'd be excited about that. Yes, that would surprise me. Again, knowing the history of how this goes, um, you know, it does sound like they're making some progress, but again, when they talk about it, it's still, well, we're still a long ways apart. And unless there's been a change in heart with, um, you know, the owners, um, and because the history would be that, that, that there's not a problem with, you know, there being a problem, you know, I would be surprised if it starts in April. I think he could even go a ways um, in just because that's the history in these two sides. Uh, there's not been history in them wanting to, well, we've got to work something out. They just want the other one to, you know, give in. Now, maybe there's a couple major issues that they can come together on and then and they realize, hey, it's best for everybody to go ahead and play. But the history with baseball and really even in professional sports now is not, well, what's best for us? It's, you know, what's best for me. And um, that's why there's that's why there's a stalemate. So um, I know you've been optimistic about it and it'd be great to have baseball. Um, you know, like I said, we come off a good season in a lot of ways with the teams. You know, to me, it was better. We talked about it, better baseball in some ways this year. But, um, and, you know, it's probably set up to have a good year this year. But, um, you know, this is going to slow everything up, obviously, with free agencies getting the team set up. And um, I would be surprised if it starts anywhere near on time. Yeah, it looks to me like they've agreed on the same needs they just haven't agreed on the money aspect of it yet so they've the the mlb has given in to the fact yes we need to do better in this situation but they're still apart on the, the financial matters but to this point in the conversation it doesn't seem like anybody's angry <laughs> which is a pretty positive sign i think uh as well so we'll see how it all shakes out and as someone who co-hosts a fantasy baseball show i really hope we start close to on time <laughs> because hey, there's only so much content preseason there's no baseball going on so uh there's that all right dad let's get into the hall of fame uh we talked about david ortiz uh both of us felt like he was 
uh, pretty worthy of the Hall of Fame, uh, being a first ballot. Surprised some people. Uh, but I want to start with David Ortiz. Do you agree with the fact that David Ortiz should be in the Hall of Fame? Yes, I think that was a, a good choice, and um, I think he's a Hall of Fame player. And um, I was surprised when I heard some people didn't think you know he would be in because I thought he would be one of the sure ones that would get in. Yeah, and he has a little bit of controversy on him too. He's never been proven to cheat. There was reports out there at one point that he did and or took steroids, and but he never tested it positive or anything like that. So uh, I think that's kind of where the holdup was with him. But uh, he makes it in. I agree as well, um, especially on, on the ballot that was there. There wasn't a ton of guys that you were like, yep, surefire Hall of Famer. Ortiz was one of those guys. Um, one of the other guys was Barry Bonds, I thought. And obviously he, he got, what, 66%, I think, of the vote. Not near enough. And now he's officially off the ballot. We talked about Barry Bonds before. We talked about him last week with uh, Graham Wallace on the show uh, you're a Giants fan. You watched a lot of baseball growing up. You thought Barry Bonds uh, was deserving of the Hall of Fame, even with the steroid stuff. You know, when Barry Bonds was doing steroids, so were the pitchers. <laughs> he wasn't the only one, uh, I guess is my point. And he was still the best, you know, in that time frame. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's this holier-than-now than mentality of the Hall of Fame voters is just kind of stupid, and Barry Bonds now is not going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's no longer on the ballot, along with Roger Clemens, along with Kurt Schilling. Their time is up, and uh, I mean, is do you find this embarrassing for, for baseball, for the Hall of Fame, for the writers, um, or do you don't think it's that big a deal? Well, I think... Um... Again, I mean, obviously they've spoken. I, I thought maybe this time they would get in maybe at least two out of those three. Um, you know, they didn't, if not all three. But they've decided that, you know, the voters decided that because of the steroid thing, they weren't going to do it. I don't think it's very consistent. I think there's a lot of, I don't know about a lot, but there are people in the Hall of Fame and probably even people who still will get in the Hall of Fame who, when they saw this, said, whew. Glad I didn't get caught because yeah. I, I don't think anybody's ever said these were the only people that used steroids. And right. um, that, that's what made it tough with the consistency about it. Again, Bonds made a lot of people mad. And um, I think it was more of a personal thing as why he didn't get in. People could say, well, you know, we, we're just going to take a stand against people, you know, using steroids and, and you know, shortcuts and that type of stuff. But I think the fact that Bob, actually all three of those guys were guys that, you know, people didn't like and right. uh, or made people mad. And I think that's what had a lot to do with this. What's funny is the same people that I've seen um, angry at the Baseball Writers Association for not voting in Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame are the same people that say Aaron Rodgers should not be the MVP of the NFL football season because he was unvaccinated and caused the stink. And it's the same argument, isn't it? It's, I don't like this person. I'm angry. I think they're mean or a jerk or whatever. And because of that, I don't think that they should be rewarded for anything. At the end of the day... When we're talking about sports awards, we're talking about their athletic achievements, not their personalities. And just as I think it's stupid that people wouldn't vote for Aaron Rodgers for the purpose that he wasn't vaccinated to be the MVP, I think it's stupid for the writers who didn't vote for Barry, Barry Bonds because they think he's a jerk. Um, and he is a jerk. Everything that I've seen, at least from him, he acts like a jerk. He's, he did at least for several years. And uh, you know what? I, I can understand you not liking Barry Bonds, but uh, if that's the reason why you didn't vote for him, that's a problem. Now, if you didn't vote for him because you didn't think his numbers uh, with the steroids, you know, his numbers before the steroids were enough to get him in and you felt like that was the issue and, and the steroids were the issue, I can be okay with that. With you saying, I don't want steroid users in the Hall of Fame. I can't be okay with, he was a jerk. He didn't give me the interview. He would, you know, those kinds of things that, that doesn't work for me. That's not what the Hall of Fame is about. And we saw that in the football dad with uh, was it Terrell Owens. I don't remember somebody like that who didn't get in for a while and finally got in. And a lot of the reason why they weren't in was because of a personality issue. 
And, uh, you know, we need voters who can get over the personalities and focus on the athletic achievements moving forward. But baseball has always been an old crotchety man issue where they just, you know, they everything has to be a certain way. No changes can be made. Um, no, you know, it has to be exactly like I like it or else I'm, I'm done. And that's a problem that baseball has to fix. They've got to find a way to get younger. They've got to find a way to get fresher. And they're working on some of that with the rules that they're working on with the uh, negotiations right now, which maybe long-term will help. Uh, do you think that we need to kind of wipe the slate clean with the voters and get in a fresh perspective voting? I think that would be a good idea. Um, but again, it depends on whether you're going to go back, you know, and revisit some of these people that, that didn't get in. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would think so again, you know, with Barry Bonds and, and when we talked with Graham last week, I mean, anybody that watched Barry Bonds play for the pirates, I mean, even apart from his career with the giants to say he isn't a hall of famer, that's, that, that's, that just isn't right. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. All right, Dad, I want to close with this. I, I thought of this, and I don't know if you got to listen to the Monday episode or not, but I finally figured out a good sports comparison for Bruce Arians. And here it is. <laughs> Bruce Arians is Bruce Pearl. Uh, if he's on your team, you like him for the most part. If he's not on your team, you absolutely hate the guy. Arians, Bruce Pearl. Same people. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I can see that. I think that is a good comparison from there. I had not heard that, but yes, I, I that 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 makes sense from from there. People that when he's on your team, then yeah, you like him. You kind of have to, but otherwise, um, <laughs> you don't. I don't know if, if Arians would quite be as bad as Bruce Pearl, but that that's probably a fair comparison. Uh, your love for Bruce Pearl is, is hard to hide. Um, Chris Matt gets fired at Louisville and, uh, the name Bruce Pearl's a name that's come up for that job. Uh, there's rumor that Bruce Pearl wants to go to Louisville and, uh, and coach there, which is crazy. Cause he's sitting at number one in the polls right now, uh, with Auburn. The other name is Kenny Payne, the uh, top assistant at Kentucky. Uh, those Bruce Pearl and Kenny Payne are the two main names that we're hearing at Louisville. Um, they'll finish out the year with an interim coach and then go from there. But uh, uh, is you know I I'm a Kentucky fan, so I look at Louisville and I go, why would anybody want to go there? Uh, so give me a perspective that's not from a Kentucky fan. Is Louisville a good a good job, good basketball job? Um, I mean, when I grew up. Yes. I mean, Louisville was, was, was a great place for basketball. Again, I guess Denny Crum is who I think of there. Um, some of the great players, um, you know, that they had Griffin and others, um, to me, you know, Louisville was always, um, one of the top schools. I wouldn't see any reason why it couldn't be one of the top basketball programs again, but they've sure had a lot of problems and it, it would, they would need to, they would need to get somebody, um, that would really change the culture there. And boy, Bruce Pearl, isn't that the guy that really jumps out to you on that? Bruce Pearl's going to move though. He's not going to stay at Auburn. He's always going to move for something bigger and better. Plus he can only stay in one place so long. And um, so that's not a shock. I mean, I could see him want to be there, but if, you know, if Louisville's going to get anywhere back, I think to the thinking of, wow, this is just a great basketball school. Um, you know, they need to make a hire and change the culture and where they can do that or not, or want to do that. I don't know. Yeah. Bruce Pearl would not change the culture. He would enhance what's already yes. there. Um, I mean, they've had some incredible legal issues at Louisville. I mean, some crazy stuff going on at Louisville and Rick Patino was a part of that, of course. And, uh, and ultimately they got him fired. Uh, Bobby Petrino on the football team had issues and it's just, it's an absolute mess. Uh, Bruce Pearl would be an interesting hire, no doubt. It would be a splash hire as well. Um, but I don't know. It's an interesting one. Uh, interesting one to see where that one goes at the end of the day. All right, Dad, we're at the conference championships this week in the NFL winding down. Uh, golf has started up again. Uh, we don't we don't watch a whole lot of golf or talk a whole lot of golf, but that's that's coming around the corner of the USFL. 
uh, has announced that they're playing all their games in Birmingham, and they announced their first game there as well uh, uh, coming up. And so a lot of things happening still in the sports world. Uh, all the NFL coaching stuff should start breaking here very, very soon. We should start seeing all who the coaches are going to be, so we'll be talking about that in the days to come as well. I want to remind everybody the show is on three times a week. You can catch us on Belly Up TV. It's bellyup.tv on the uh, internet web browser. You can also find us on Tiki Live. Uh, you go to Tiki Live on your streaming television, your Roku or Apple TV, and search Belly Up, and then it'll pop up. We're there 7 a.m. and 2 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then, of course, available wherever you get your podcast in audio form. Uh, same days as well. And I want to say a big thank you to our listeners. We have had a record month in January. Uh, as it sits right now, as this recording, we have tripled our largest month in downloads. And we're not even through the month yet. We still got a week left. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. Uh, help us out. Go to Sports Podcast Awards and vote for us there as well. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, rate, review, share, subscribe, all those kinds of things as well. And thank you to Belly Up uh, Podcast Network for their support and their help uh, with Mike and Blaine and everybody else involved there at Belly Up. We, we greatly appreciate that. Dad, thank you for your part as well. Uh, you've brought in at least two, uh, maybe three listeners I know I know of. So, uh, so thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you to everyone, though, that pays attention and, and reaches out in comments. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back Monday, uh, Monday morning talking about the uh, NFL weekend and uh and looking ahead in the next friday dad will be back with me we'll talk about super bowl and uh and any coaching hires and things that happen along the way and every other sports news and current affairs that go on in the sports world as well all right dad anything else you want to say no again like you said i, I do want to thank the people that the listeners and the people that watch us uh, i i really enjoyed this i appreciate you having me on it was funny i was thinking today you and i have talked about sports almost all your life and but yeah. doing it in this setting is really a lot of fun and it's only possible because of the people that support us and do appreciate that yeah i mean this week um our friend tim reached out, said he was listening to the shows and enjoyed it. Uh, and then we have a buddy who's been on commenting on Facebook and things like that. Coach McGuire in Oklahoma has reached out a couple of times as well. And then uh, uh, Coach Ron, who, Dad, you don't know, uh, his son plays at EKU. He listens to the program, and, and he mentioned that he really enjoys uh, listening to us chat as well. And, and that's what I said. I said, we like – I mean, we've been talking sports in the car. Now we're just talking on the computer. So um, it's something we enjoy doing. We've done it literally my whole life. When we were in growing up in Tennessee, if me and dad were in the car, we had the sports talk on uh, George Plaster there in Nashville and and talking sports. And, and uh, we had fantasy football since I was little and all kinds of fun stuff. So, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to share it for everybody else to kind of hear what we would be talking about anyways. Um, just now we let everybody else in on, on what's going on as well. And, you know, um, my wife and your wife, my mom, uh, they like, you know, it gets us out of their way for a little bit as well. So it all works out for everybody. Everybody's happy. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we can just get them to listen to the show. Oh, no, that's, that's too much to ask. But uh, <laughs> all right, everybody, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. And again, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.